Mr. Mueller, you've been asked over here on the, on the far right, sir. Uh, you've been asked a lot of questions here today, and to be frank, uh, you performed as most of us expected. You've stuck closely to your report, and you have declined to answer many of our questions on both sides. As the closer for the Republican side, I know you're glad to get to the close, I, I want to summarize the highlights of what we have heard and what we know. You spent two years and nearly 30 million taxpayer dollars and unlimited resources to prepare a nearly 450-page report, which you describe today as very thorough. Millions of Americans today maintain genuine concerns about your work, in large part because of the infamous and widely publicized bias of your investigating team members, which we now know included 14 Democrats and zero Republicans. Campaign finance reports later uh, showed that team, excuse me, it's my time, Hello. that team of Democrat investigators you hired donated more than $60,000 to the Hillary Clinton campaign and other Democratic candidates. Your team also included Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, which have been discussed today, and they had the lurid text messages that confirmed they openly mocked and hated Donald Trump and his supporters, and they vowed to take him out. Mr. Ratcliffe asked you earlier this morning, quote, can you give me an example other than Donald Trump where the Justice Department determined that an investigated person was not exonerated because their innocence was not conclusively determined, unquote. You answered, I cannot. Sir, that is unprecedented. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes, changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children were being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change, change their, their lives, lives forever. forever. Well, it didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. The president believed from the very beginning that you and your special counsel team had serious conflicts. This is stated in the report and acknowledged by everybody. And yet, President Trump cooperated fully with the investigation. He knew he had done nothing wrong, and he encouraged all witnesses to cooperate with the investigation and produced more than 1.4 million pages of information and allowed over 40 witnesses who were directly affiliated with the White House or his campaign. Your report acknowledges on page 61, volume 2, that a volume of evidence exists of the president telling many people privately, quote, 
The president was concerned about the impact of the Russian investigation on his ability to govern and to address important foreign relations issues and even matters of national security. And on page 174, volume two, your report also acknowledges that the Supreme Court has held, quote, the president's removal powers are at their zenith with respect to principal officers, that is, officers who must be appointed by the president and who report to him directly. The president's exclusive and illimitable power of removal of those principal officers furthers the president's ability to ensure that the laws are faithfully executed, unquote. And that would even include the attorney general. Look, in spite of all of that, nothing ever happened to stop or impede your special counsel's investigation. Nobody was fired by the president, nothing was curtailed, and the investigation continued unencumbered for 22 long months. As you finally concluded in volume one, the evidence, quote, did not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to Russian election interference, unquote. And the evidence, quote, did not establish that the president or those close to him were involved in any Russian conspiracies or had an unlawful relationship with any Russian official, unquote. Over those 22 long months that your investigation dragged along, the president became increasingly frustrated, as many of the American people did, with its effects on our country and, and his ability to govern. He vented about this to his lawyer and his close associates, and he even shared his frustrations, as we all know, on Twitter. But while the president's social media accounts might have influenced some in the media or the opinion of some of the American people, none of those audiences were targets or witnesses in your investigation. The president never affected anybody's testimony. He never demanded to end the investigation or demanded that you be terminated, and he never misled Congress, the DOJ, or the special counsel. Those, sir, are undisputed facts. There will be a lot of discussion, I, I predict, today and great frustration throughout the country about the fact that you wouldn't answer any questions here about the origins of this whole charade, which was the infamous Christopher Steele dossier, now proven to be totally bogus, even though it is listed and specifically referenced in your report. But as our hearing is concluding, we apparently will get no comment on that from you. Mr. Mueller, there's one primary reason why you were called here today and by the, by the Democrat majority of our committee. Our colleagues on the other side of the aisle just want political cover. They desperately wanted you today to tell them they should impeach the president. But the one thing you have said very clearly today is that your report is complete and thorough and you completely agree with and stand by its recommendations and all of its content. Is that right? True. Mr. Mueller, one last important question. Your report does not recommend impeachment, does it? I'm not going to talk about uh, rec recommendations. It does not conclude that impeachment would be appropriate here, I'm right? Talk, I'm not going to talk uh, about, that, uh, about th that issue. That's one of the many things you wouldn't talk about today, but I think we can all draw our own conclusions. I do thank you for your service to the country, and I'm glad this charade will come to an end soon, and we can get back to the important business of this committee with its broad jurisdiction of so many important issues for the country. With that, I yield back. Gentleman yields back. I want to announce that our intent was to conclude this hearing at around 11.45. All of the Republican members have now asked their questions, but we have a few remaining Democratic members. They will be limiting their questions, so with Director Mueller's indulgence, we expect to finish within 15 minutes. The gentlelady from Georgia is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you, Director Mueller. Your investigations of the Russian attack on our democracy and of obstruction of justice, justice were extraordinarily productive. And under two years, you charged at least 37 people or entities with crimes. You convicted seven individuals, five of whom were top Trump campaign or White House aides. Charges remain pending against more than two dozen Russian persons or entities and against others. Now, let me start with those five Trump campaign or administration aides that you convicted. Uh, would you agree with me that they are Paul Manafort, President Trump's campaign manager, Rick Gates, President Trump's deputy campaign manager, 
Michael Flynn, President Trump's former national security advisor. Michael Cohen, the president's personal attorney. George Papadopoulos, President Trump's former campaign foreign policy advisor. Correct? Correct. And the sixth Trump associate will, fa will face trial later this year, correct? And that person would be Roger Stone, correct? Correct. Thank you. Well, I, I'm not certain what you said by Stone, but he is uh, in another court system, as I indicated before. Exactly. He's still and under, I, uh, still under investigation. I want to discuss. Correct. Thank you. And there are many other charges as well, correct? Correct. So, sir, I just want to thank you so much in my limited time today for your team the work that you did in your dedication. In less than two years, your team was able to uncover an incredible amount of information related to Russia's attack on our elections and to obstruction of justice. And there's still more that we have to learn. Despite facing unfair attacks by the president, and even here today, your work has been substantive and fair. The work has laid the critical foundation for our investigation, and for that, I thank you. I thank you. And with that, I yield back the balance of my time. Gentlelady yields back. The gentleman from Arizona. Thank you. Director Mueller, I'm disappointed that some have questioned your motives throughout this process, and I want to take a moment to remind the American people of who you are and your exemplary service to our country. You are a Marine. You served in Vietnam and earned a Bronze Star and a Purple Heart, correct? Correct. Which president appointed you to become the United States Attorney for Massachusetts? Which senator? Which president? Oh, which president? I think that was President Bush. Um, according to my notes, it was President Ronald Reagan had the honor to do so. Under whose My mistake. <laughs> Under whose administration did you serve as the Assistant Attorney General in charge of the DOJ's criminal division? Under which president? Yep. That would be George Bush one. That is correct, President George H.W. Bush. After that, you took a job at a prestigious law firm, and after only a couple years, you did something extraordinary. You left that lucrative position to re-enter public service, prosecuting homicides here in Washington, D.C. Is that correct? Correct. When you were named director of the FBI, which president first appointed you? Bush. And the Senate confirmed you with a vote of 98 to 0, correct? Surprising. <laughs> and you were sworn in as director just one week before the September 11th attacks. True. You helped to protect this nation against another attack. You did such an outstanding job that when your 10-year term expired, the Senate unanimously voted to extend your term for another two years, correct? True. When you were asked in 2017 to take the job as special counsel, the president had just fired FBI Director James Comey. The Justice Department and the FBI were in turmoil. You must have known there would be an extraordinary challenge. Why did you accept? Uh, I'm not going to get into That's a little bit off track. <laughs> Some, I, I, it was a challenge, period. Some people have attacked the political motivations of your team, even suggested your investigation was a witch hunt. When you considered people to join your team, did you ever even once ask about their political affiliation? Never once. In your entire career as a law enforcement official, have you ever made a hiring decision based upon a person's political affiliation? No. I'm not and surprised. I, if I might just interject, uh, the, the capabilities that we have shown in the report that's been discussed here today was a result of a, a team of agents and, and uh, 
lawyers who were absolutely exemplary and uh, were hired because of the value they could contribute to getting the job done and getting it done expeditiously. Sir, you're a patriot. And clear to me in reading your report and listening to your testimony today, you acted fairly and with restraint. There were circumstances where you could have filed charges against other people, mentioned the report, but you declined. Not every prosecutor does that, certainly in a one on a witch hunt. The attacks made against you and your team intensified because your report is damning. And I believe you did uncover substantial evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors. Let me also say something else that you are right about. The only remedy for this situation is for Congress to take action. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. The gentlelady from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Director Mueller, Madeline Dean. Ah, gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask you about public confusion connected with Attorney General Barr's release of your report. I will be quoting your March 27th letter. Sir, in that letter and at several other times, did you convey to the Attorney General that the, quote, introductions and executive summaries of our two-volume report accurately summarize this office's work and conclusions, end quote? And I have to... Uh say that the letter itself uh, speaks for itself. And those were your words in that letter. Continuing with your letter, you wrote to the Attorney General that, quote, the summary letter, letter that the Department sent to Congress and released to the public late in the afternoon of March 24th did not fully capture the context, nature, and substance of this office's work and conclusions, end quote. Is that correct? Again, I rely on the uh, letter itself for uh, its terms. Thank you. What was it about the report's context, nature, substance that the Attorney General's letter did not capture? I think we captured that in the uh, March 27th uh, responsive letter. And this is from the 27th letter. What were some of the specifics that uh, you thought? I, I, I uh, directed the letter itself. Okay. Uh, you finished that letter by saying there is now public confusion about critical aspects as a result of our investigation. Could you tell us specifically some of the public confusion you identified? Not generally. Again, I go back to the letter, and the letter speaks for itself. And could Attorney General Barr have avoided public confusion if he had released your summaries and executive uh, introduction and summaries? And I don't feel comfortable speculating on that. Shifting to May 30th, the Attorney General, in an interview with CBS News, said that you could have reached, quote, you could have reached a decision as to whether it was criminal activity end quote, on the part of the president. Did the attorney general or his staff ever tell you that he thought you should make a decision on whether the president engaged in criminal activity? I'm not going to speak to uh, what the uh, uh, attorney general was thinking or saying. If the attorney general had directed you or ordered you to make a decision on whether the president engaged in criminal activity, would you have so done? Uh, I can't uh, answer that question in the uh, vacuum. Director Mueller, again, I thank you for being here. I agree with your March 27th letter. There was public confusion, and the President took full advantage of that confusion by falsely claiming your report found no obstruction. Let us be clear, your report did not exonerate the President. Instead, it provided substantial evidence of obstruction of justice, leaving Congress to do its duty. We shall, shall not shrink from that duty. I yield back. The gentlelady yields back. Mr. The Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I have a point of inquiry over on your left. Gentlemen will state his point of inquiry. Was the point of this hearing to get Mr. Mueller to recommend impeachment? That is not a fair point of inquiry. 
The uh, gentlelady from Florida is recognized. Mr. Chairman. Wait Director Mueller, Mr. I'm Chairman. to your the point. The gentlelady from so Florida is recognized. Thank you so much for coming here. You're a patriot. Uh, I want to refer you now to volume two, page 158. You wrote that, quote, the president's efforts to influence the investigation were mostly unsuccessful, but that is largely because the persons who surrounded the president declined to carry out orders or accede to his requests. Is that right? That is accurate, and that is what we found. And you're basically referring to senior advisors who disobeyed the president's orders, like White House uh, counsel Don McGahn, former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski. Is that right? Well, we have not specified uh, the person's mentioned. Well, in, in page 158, White House Counsel Don McGahn, quote, did not tell the acting attorney general that the special counsel must be removed, but was instead prepared to resign over the president's orders. You also explained that an attempt to obstruct justice does not have to succeed to be a crime, right? True. Simply attempting to obstruct justice can be a crime, correct? Yes. So even though the president's aides refused to carry out his orders to interfere with your investigation, that is not a defense to obstruction of justice by this president, is it? I'm not going to speculate. So to reiterate, simply trying to obstruct justice can be a crime, correct? Yes. And you say that the president's efforts to influence the investigation were, quote, mostly unsuccessful. And that's because not all of his efforts were unsuccessful, right? Uh, you're reading into what I, uh, uh, what we have written in the report. Um, I was going to ask you if you could just tell me which ones you had in mind as successful when you wrote that sentence. I'm, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Director Moeller, today we've talked a lot about the separate acts by this president, but you also wrote in your report that, quote, the overall pattern of the president's conduct towards the investigations can shed light on the nature of the president's acts and the inferences can be drawn about his intent, correct? Accurate recitation from the, from and, the uh, report. Right, and, and on page 158 again, I think it's important for everyone to note that the president's conduct had a significant change when he realized that it was, the investigations were um, conducted to investigate his obstruction acts. So in other words, when the American people are deciding whether the president committed obstruction of justice, they need to look at all of the president's conduct and overall pattern of behavior. Is that correct? I don't disagree. Thank you. Dr. Moeller, Director Moeller, doctor also, I'll designate that too. Um, I have certainly made up my mind about whether we, what we have reviewed today meets the elements of obstruction, including whether there was corrupt intent. And what is clear is that anyone else, including some members of Congress, would have been charged with crimes for these acts. We would not have allowed this behavior from any of the previous 44 presidents. We should not allow it now or for the future to protect our democracy. And yes, we will continue to investigate because as you clearly state at the end of your report, no one is above the law. I yield back my time. The gentlelady yields back. The gentlelady from Texas. Director Mueller, you wrote in your report that you, quote, 
determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment, end quote. Was that in part because of an opinion by the Department of Justice, Office of Legal Counsel, that a sitting president can't be charged with a crime? Yes. Director Mueller, at your May 29, 2019 press conference, you explained that, quote, the opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing, end quote. That process other than the criminal justice system for accusing a president of wrongdoing, is that impeachment? Uh, I'm not going to uh, comment on that. In your report, you also wrote that you did not want to, quote, potentially preempt constitutional processes for addressing presidential misconduct, end quote. For the non-lawyers in the room, what did you mean by, quote, potentially preempt constitutional processes? I'm not going to try to explain that. Uh, that actually is coming from page one of volume two. Uh, in the footnote is the, the reference to this. Um, what are those constitutional processes? Uh, I think I heard you mention at least one. Impeachment, correct? I'm not going to comment. Uh, okay. That is one of the constitutional processes listed in the report in the footnote in Volume 2. Your report documents the many ways the President sought to interfere with your investigation. And you state in your report on page 10, Volume 2, that with a interfering with a congressional inquiry or investigation with corrupt intent can also constitute obstruction of justice. True. Well, the president has told us that he intends to fight all the subpoenas. His continued efforts to interfere with investigations of his potential misconduct certainly reinforce the importance of the process the Constitution requires to, quote, formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing, as you cited in the report. And, in this, and this hearing has been very helpful to this committee as it exercises its constitutional duty to determine whether to recommend articles of impeachment against the president. I agree with you, Director Mueller, that we all have a vital role in holding this president accountable for his actions. More than that, I believe we in Congress have a duty to demand accountability and safeguard one of our nation's highest principles, that no one is above the law. From everything that I have heard you say here today, it's clear that anyone else would have been prosecuted based on the evidence available in your report. It now falls on us to hold President Trump accountable. Thank you for being here. Chairman, I yield back. Mr. Chairman, gentlelady yields back. Just a point of privilege, you and I agree. Very personal privilege. I just want to thank the chairman. We did get in our time after this was first developed to us. We did both get in time. Our side got our five minutes in. Also, uh, Mr. Mueller, thank you for being here. And I join the chairman and thank you for being here. Thank you. Director Mueller, we thank you for attending today's hearing. Before we conclude, I ask everyone to please remain seated and quiet while the, while the witness exits the room. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals. Demo
sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Can you believe that we're getting away with this? Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes we, yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. He wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts for Stitcher Smart Radio. Potable and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Without objection, all members will have five legislative days to submit additional written questions for the witness or additional materials for the record. And without objection, the hearing is now adjourned. <laughs>